So I began to coach my son's basketball team. It's called Biddy Ball. It's called Biddy Ball, and I'm not 100% sure of what the word Biddy means, but it's like Itty Bitty, maybe. Um, I think it means small, but it's for kids in kindergarten through, I I don't know if it was second or third grade, um, but small children. And we have a 30-minute practice followed by a 30-minute game, which I'm finding is a lot uh, for them. They get really tired towards the end of it, but it was my task as the coach, so we're just starting out with it first couple weeks, but um, to teach these young boys and girls the basics of basketball and what a pure joy that is. Um, I mean that literally and a little sarcastically. Um, it gets really intense, though. So I have to show you a video from this last Saturday. So here, you're going to be in the edge of your seat. Watch this. That's it. <laughs> um, that's, uh, that's as intense as, intense as it gets. Um, it's a whole lot of adults trying their best to use words to get little kids to do things that they really don't understand, um, which I suppose I understand because I don't understand how to do lots of things too. Um, but I love it. I love the game of basketball, and I love that age too. When I was thinking about what drills I would do, I was actually pretty nervous for a couple of weeks. I'm like, do I have them do like, I, I don't even know. I played basketball, so I know some drills, but I'm like, it's got to be like really basic so that, so that they can get it and stick with it and stuff. Um, and so I thought maybe we'll start with like a high five drill. And so I'd have them like stand in line and like give each other high fives, but that felt kind of silly. So I didn't do that. Uh, but then it hit me. I think the first thing that they needed to be taught was what a huddle is. Does everybody know what a huddle is? Like in sports, you like go, you put your hand in the middle. Um, delicious. Um, so, yeah, it hit me. That's what we had to do. So this is a picture of us sharing our huddle on that first day. Um, and I explained that in basketball, we will win some games, we'll lose some games, we'll have some fun, or we might be really tired and just want to quit, but we might even get hurt. But the huddle is something that you can always return to. It's something that, about basketball that will never change. So no matter how the game goes, we're always going to come back here in the middle and say, one, two, three, team. And so they got that. They got that, like, right away. So they, they uh, put their hands in, and we did it. We did it probably, like, uh, four to five times that first day. We've done it like ten times the second week. Um, but at, at the very last huddle of that first day, um, when the little bitty basketball players had given everything that they had, um, I saw scraped knees. I saw a bunch of kids that needed a nap. Um, and we definitely lost that game, and you could see it on their faces too. Um, but they put their hands in the middle. Um, and I asked them, at that point, I just wasn't expecting it to feel emotional, but it was. I said, hey, does, hands in, does anybody hurt right now? Yeah, like you could see it, um, nodding their heads. Is anybody really tired right now? Yes, really tired. Well, you know what? Guess what? We can always depend on the huddle, and you guys did it. It was hard, and you got hurt, but you got through it together, and guess what? You got a little bit better today. 
So I'm so proud of you guys, okay? So who's going to call it? I'll do it. No, they don't even ask. They just do it. <laughs> One, two, three, team, and then they scream, right? Let me read you something uh, from Philippians chapter 1. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So we've been in a six-week journey as a church. Um, Our partnership as a church isn't too dissimilar to the huddle of a little boy's basketball game. We've been exploring what church is. What is this team that we're a part of? What is this thing? Um, Why does church matter? What are we doing here? Uh, And today is the last week of that process. So we've had five weeks before this, and we've talked about, yeah, being a part of, uh, you you got this little card on the way in um, that kind of describes it. Like, our partnership as a church is about saying yes to God and taking next steps to be like Jesus and about creating a community of belonging and about partnering in God's mission to help people find their way back to him. Those are kind of a quick rattle of what our four uh, commitments are and what we think kind of describe our partnership. And today, I'm bringing this conversation to a close. Um, And then we'll shift to something different next week. But um, by focusing on what Jesus focused on, um, when he was in kind of a huddle that he had with his disciples the night before he was crucified. What did he say when they were all in that circle together? Let me pray, and then we'll jump into that together. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'll empower my voice to speak your word, um, and that it will fall into the recesses of the places of the souls of my friends in here, like where they need to hear it. That, um, like that song says, that we would be available to what you have to say to us and the invitation to receive a new identity, but also to get to, like, serve a purpose in this world and to be a light to the world together as your church, as your hands and feet uh, in this world. So I know what I have on, the, on my little sheet up here about what I'm going to say, but as always, you can have your way with this thing and... I pray that my friends will hear what you want them to hear. Amen. John chapter 13, verse 1 is where we're going to be. I'm just going to read you the whole uh, section, um, 13 verses. And then uh, we're, it's going to be a little different than my normal talks. We're already like a third of the way into it. But um, we're not going to spend a ton of time breaking down every individual part of this. But I want to just really the, the question of what did Jesus do in that last huddle that he had before he was crucified. That's what we're focusing on here, too. Today. Uh, Verse 1. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. So if you're new new to church, new to the Bible, you probably have a ton of questions about that stuff, or you don't know what questions you might have, you can come to me. I'll gladly answer any question you have, as best as I can. Having loved his own who were here in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. 
Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Verse 4. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. And what you don't know is that this is something that a teacher of his status would not do. The person that was supposed to wash the feet was the lowest person in the room. Quote, lowest person in the room. Verse 6. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, you're going to wash my feet? So he's, he's challenging why Jesus is doing this. You shouldn't be washing my feet. Their feet were calloused and filthy from the desert that they wandered in, they walked in. Verse 7. Jesus replied, You don't realize what I'm doing for you now, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you will never wash my feet. He's he's implying it's so far beneath you. You You don't do that. We're somebody supposed to do that for you. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part in me, with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter said, so he switches his mind, not just my feet and my hands, but my head as well. Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that is why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, the whole table, he put on the clothes that he had taken off and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. But now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. For very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. What a beautiful moment. The tradition was when you came in for a meal, your feet were washed. It's just part of what happened. We don't have that tradition. Maybe it's like washing our hands or something, but somebody would do it for you, which would feel a little strange unless you're my kids and I have syrup on their hands and you don't want to get it on your shirt, which it is on mine this morning. (laughs) But um, what, what a strange last huddle to have with your disciples. This is the night before he's crucified, and he chooses to do this, to wash their feet. This is the fourth quarter, to continue my sports analogy. You think Jesus would want to focus on what the most, like, theological idea is or the highest doctrine that they had to get right like make sure you guys think this if you don't think this then it's all going to fall apart but what he does is washes their feet and directs them to do the same thing instead jesus focuses on love a theme so central to the story of god for the theme of the story of god for us Jesus thought it was so vital that his students who would build his church after he ascended back into heaven followed his example of washing each other's filthy, 
dusty, dirty, calloused feet. If nothing else, when we think of our partnership as a church, it should look like love. It should feel like that. That's what Jesus spent his final huddle on before the crucifixion. I want to take a sidestep for a minute. It's Thanksgiving on Thursday. It's the holiday season right now. Um, And I know that that can be really difficult for a lot of people. Or you know that this year is going to be difficult as it's the first of... uh, the holiday season that you're missing somebody that you lost or um, there's a tragedy that might have happened. You, you can have mixed emotions coming into this next month and a half. And I'll say for me, um, most of you know this already, but I, it's, it's definitely mixed emotions uh, this week, coming into this week. Um, since my dad passed away on November 23, uh, two years ago, Especially because that day falls on Thanksgiving, like this year, right? So something about when something happens on a holiday, um, the first feeling we have is that it stings just a little bit more. Um, And so I I just want to say I relate to that. Um, And today is my son's birthday, uh, Lincoln. So I I just made that connection that um, I have this excitement and this weird feeling of celebrating my child we do celebrating our child getting older and the joy of getting to see him grow but then just a couple days later i remember that my dad's not here anymore i remember someone in my life that i i really wish was still here and so i gotta be honest with you guys that's kind of what i'm bringing to our huddle a little bit today but i know that i'm not alone i know that you're you're bringing something to the table today that you might feel like is representative of dirty feet. It could be a loss you've experienced. It could be a decisions you've made in your life. Whatever it is, we've all got dirty feet. And no one here is clean but for Jesus. So what do you bring to the huddle today? Don't all say it out loud at once. <laughs> Maybe you need to let your feet get washed by Jesus um, or be a part of his church where we can metaphorically do that for each other. I actually thought about how cool it would be to actually offer to wash all of your feet today, not because I'm Jesus, but to, uh, I don't know, I've had my feet washed in ceremonies like this that talked about this passage, and it's actually really powerful. Um, But I'm guessing you're all very glad I'm not doing that today, (laughs) Um, especially if this is your first time. Um, But... It didn't feel like the right setting, and I know you're probably relieved of that, but it did make me think, like, we don't do that practice. We don't wash feet. It's just, it doesn't really make sense to us, um, at least to my family. If it is for yours, I'd love to hear more. <laughs> um, but what is the equivalent of washing feet today? What, is it, what does it mean? If Jesus said, like, you got to do this sort of thing for each other, and then I think he extends that to the rest of the world, because that's our mission is to help, him, help people find their way back to him. Maybe it's like getting uh, someone a cup of coffee, offering to get them, and then asking what they'll take in it. Doesn't that feel so good when somebody does that for you? Yes, I'll take it with four creams and four sugars. Whoa. Yes, there's a reason I'm so hyper. Or maybe it's like uh, remembering 
a commitment that you made to somebody? You know how you put something in your calendar and like two to three weeks later you're like, I hope they remember. And doesn't it feel good when they do? You know what I mean? That kind of feels like getting your feet washed a little bit. Or the snow's coming up. Maybe it's like shoveling off somebody's uh, walkway, plowing off their driveway. It's expanding your view beyond what you're responsible for to maybe wash the feet of your neighbor. Or maybe it's sending a text to someone or that you're praying for them or sending them a word of encouragement. Doesn't that feel good to, to have somebody go out of their way to say, hey, I'm thinking about you. It doesn't matter really what you say beyond that to know somebody cares. I think that's what feet washing kind of looks like today. The mission of God has a church, and we are a part of that church. God has a church with a mission, and we are a part of it. We're called to lock arms together, to love each other through the storms, to go out into the world as a beacon of hope that Jesus is going to put all things back together and make all things new. This is a simple message today. What if we huddle together and not isolate ourselves from the world, but to carry the mission of God together for each other, with each other, and for a world that really needs good news? Over 80% of our community doesn't, in Wyoming doesn't have a family of faith. Um, could we make it our mission to extend the table to them? Although today we might know more superficial details about more people, um, maybe more than ever before in the world, the world is probably more lonely and isolated than it's ever been. Talk to somebody in the mental health field and they'll tell you the same. Could we create a community of belonging for lonely people? Uh, you heard me, if you were here a couple weeks ago, that from my house to get to the back steps of this building, it took 1,642 steps to get here. Um, at least that many for you, I'm sure. But becoming like Jesus requires commitment. It requires steps. It requires, I guess, obedience to follow Jesus where he goes and where he sends us. Are we committed to the steps of becoming like Jesus. God gave us his breath. We will breathe if you live into your mid-70s, somewhere around 80 million breaths. He breathed life into us. Are we giving our breath back to him? My friends, this idea of partnership that we've been talking about as a church is an opportunity. It's not an obligation. This isn't something that you should feel guilted into. We get to be this. We get to do this. We share something really kind of sacred together. Something that the creator of the universe intended for us to share in relationship together. We share in the community of heaven on earth. It's our turn to get to carry the mission of God's love forward in this time. It's our turn. It's our turn to try and shine. It's our turn to try and love a world that is in chaos. And love is at the center of our mission. Let's 
center on loving God and loving people deeply. Let's be peacemakers and bridge builders. Let's be those people that God has chosen to work together to bring shalom, his peace, like the peace that existed in the garden before sin entered the world, to break into our dark and chaotic world. Will you commit to this community of faith to live out our mission from 2141 Porter Street, pouring into the streets, homes, schools, and workplaces as you go? I told you guys, um, and I know everybody hasn't been here every week, but six weeks ago that um, I told you about these little partnership commitment cards, and you would have gotten one on the way in, or there's some up here. Um, and I said that we would have a moment today to fill those out, to um, use the card to say that you're uh, in, to partner together. Uh, I do know for some of us, and I've said this every week, and I'm just going to say it again right now, um, that filling out a card to commit to something like this that feels like family can feel a little weird. Um, and I'm not going to try to convince you otherwise. So if that's where you're at to go, I kind of like what you're talking about, but you're, like I have to check a box. Um, if, you ha- if you feel a little resistance to that, I get it, and it's okay. Maybe you're all about committing to this thing, and it's just not your style to write down on a card. Um, there's no judgment from you. That's okay. But I invite your partnership and your heart all the same to be a part of this community and what God is doing and what he wants to do into the future because the best is yet to come. But I also know for some that you need a moment, that um, you need to put a pen on a piece of paper or maybe you need to put your name on something to show that you're committed or to hold yourself accountable, that somebody knows that you're in and that you are a part of this mission together. Um, If that's you, I do want to invite you to take one of these cards to fill it out and you can put it in the little basket over there um, after the service or um, in the giving box in the back, or just put it back in the communion table if you want. The point of this invitation to partnership together is a, it's a whole lot of heart. It's not for a spreadsheet. It's to invite us into further goodness and further fruit and further Jesus' presence in this world. So I do want to invite us to finish our service here. I know this was a short message today, but with a symbol that I think truly unites us the most. We began our partnership series here by doing communion. We ended uh, communion on that first night. And I think that is the table that Jesus gave us, the thing that unifies us even, even far more than a well-written card, even though it's great. The same night that Jesus huddled up with his disciples to wash their feet, he gave them a practice. He gave them a symbol, something that they could do together that would bring them back to unity if they drift off, if they drift off any time. This was like the huddle for Christians, and it still is, for Christians to return for centuries to follow, leading all the way up to today. The followers of Jesus take a seat at the table of Christ, and they put their hands into the middle. They put their hands into the middle, not just to give something, but to receive something. The greatest gift ever. One of the earlier followers of Jesus put it this way. On the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it 
and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, same night, same moment, after supper, he took the cup saying, This is the new covenant in my, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this, baby, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. He gave us this practice to remember that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the one that can heal all things. Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. The last time we visited this table, we talked about commitment. And today, whether your commitment is written on a card, or it's a commitment in your heart, or if you're brand new today and you don't know what's going on, you can just participate in communion for the sake of it. I want to invite us to celebrate our commitment together by coming to that table. That we would go to the table that Christ gave us. I, I want to do it a little differently today, though. So um, I, I should say, if you're, if you're, I don't know what, if you came from a religious background or Christian denomination, you guys can come on up. Um, but that uh, you might not know if, like, if you can come to this table, you, you can. If you believe in Jesus, come. If you find yourself wanting to, come. We're going to do it a little differently today, though. So what I want everybody to do as um, we take this moment together to unify around Jesus, I want everyone to come forward, dip the bread in the cup, and then take it back to your seat with you and hold on to it. Because I want us to have one big huddle where we all remember that Jesus is who he said he is. He gave us a thing called church that we get the joy of building and participating in in order to bring good news to the whole world. We have gluten-free uh, little packet things right there. Um, you can take that back to your seat and try and figure out how to open it <laughs> when you're there because it can be a little tricky. Um, but I want you to come forward Take it in your hand and then hold on to it until it looks like everybody has one. And then we're going to share a moment to close our service here together. So let me pray and then I'll invite... Why don't you stand? I'll pray and then I'll invite you guys to come forward. Jesus, uh, really love is at the center of all of it. Um, that same night you also prayed that the people of this world would know that we are your disciples by our love for each other that it would not just be what we think, but it'd be how we treat each other. That's really the, the fruit that you want to see the most, is that we would live like you. We would live as if we were you walking around on this planet. So today, Lord, as we've been talking about this partnership thing, um, I pray that I've led this well enough to invite my friends into this journey together um, with the right motivation for the right reasons that it really is to lift you up and to praise you and to help more people find hope in you and find healing emotionally, spiritually, even physically maybe that they would take hope in your name, Jesus. So as we come to the table now, 
uh, will you meet us here as you've done for centuries of people who have followed you. Amen. So come forward. You can take it in your hand and don't eat it. And well, I'll lead us in that moment of when to do it when you get back to your seat. So come on forward, everybody. Friends, will you stand, please? Uh, hold, hold your hand, hold your hand out. Some of you ate the bread already, and you're not in trouble. You can hold your hand out still, just the same. It's all good. Um, let me ask you what I asked my son's basketball team in their huddle. Does anybody hurt right now? Is anybody really tired? As a certain kind of team and a certain kind of family, we will win sometimes and we will lose sometimes. We'll have fun or we might be really tired and just want to quit. We might even get hurt, but a huddle is something that you can always return to. It's the thing that will never change. And our huddle as Christians is the body of Christ which was broken for you, the blood of Christ which was spilled for you, so that we with joy can wash each other's feet, receive that gift together. Thank you guys for gathering today. As you go, uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have a great week, everybody.